Steve's I feared for the health of this podcast over the weekend at various stages with Parramatta going down and Manly on the ropes. Uh, we'll start with the Parramatta game. They were disappointing. Yeah, they were, mate. It was it was a strange game. Broncos were Broncos were really good in the first half. Um, you know, some of the tries they scored though were, well, they did have an element of luck. But you can't take anything away from them. They played well. Um, the try that Ezra Mam set up. Uh, with the flick pass was was a great try that the pass I actually thought that the ball got knocked out that's how fast it flew backwards but then when the slow-mo replay came in you could see he's flicked it and it hit a uh, hit Reynolds right on the chest so I mean good luck to him um you know three of their tries any other day the ball bounces in a completely different direction but yeah so be it Paris in a little bit of trouble but I still think they can be five and five after after 10 rounds who do they have this week Parramatta Newcastle. Newcastle. That that's a tough game. Yeah, it is. Newcastle aren't bad. Yep. So they're not good though. No. No. Ring Campbell Gillard out for a long time now. That hurts. But it does. Um it does. Because I do think he's probably one of the most consistent props in the game. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, the the, the depth of the Eels has been tested a little bit, particularly in the forwards, yep. with with losing a few players in the past six months or so. Um Junior Paulo Jermaine Hopgood, you look to those guys now. Yeah, Sean Lane, this will be his third game back, I think. So you would expect him to start finding a little bit of form. Um, you know, I don't think anyone was expecting man of the match performances from him around the first game or two that he was back. But now he's got a couple under his belt. I think it's time that he stands up and gives some of that form from last year. And I mentioned the other game briefly. Manly did eventually get the job done over West Tigers. This is this is a funny game, this one. The, the stats... It, there's a guy out there who does advanced rugby league statistics and he inputs the data after games to see what an expected result is. Yep. Now, a lot of the times it's freakishly close to the actual thing. And you, and you, I know that you don't take too much away from this, but the expected score after the stats and where they had the ball and time of possession, uh, Tigers should have won 30 to 8 according to the advanced stats. So for Manly to get the job done, <laughs> it goes back to who would be a coach looking at your brother oh, yeah. looking at your brother with about 15 to go he must have just been so perplexed at what was going on the fact they couldn't hold the ball couldn't get out of their own end uh, Tigers really awful attack wise they should have scored a lot more points than they did but it was a win that Manly had to chalk up. Well, you look at Tigers' forward pack, and we've spoken about it in the past. They've got a, a forward pack that is as good as any of the top eight forward packs. Their back line, yeah, it leaves a little bit to be desired. They do have a, a couple of strike weapons there, but there is no reason that they should be zero from seven. Their, their roster is not that bad. There's been a lot worse footy teams that have not been zero and seven. So I think this game in particular, I was actually talking to Anthony this morning. Um, we are having a bit of a chat about this game and, you know, one of the things I spoke to him about was it's it's that win on the weekend when you hit September. They're the types of games that they determine whether you make the eight or not. Yep. Because he, they had every reason to lose it. You know, he'll be the first to admit that they weren't great. But the, there was a number of factors that went into it. The Tigers had all the possession. They had all the field position. Um, I think it was something like 60%. 62% at oh, one yeah, stage, is lot. that right? Yeah, it, yeah. so at one stage it was 30, 35 completed sets to 18. Yeah, that's right, that's a, that's a lot of footy and um, 
So it probably says two things. It says Manly have come a long way from from where they were to fight to play that that battle, be underwhelming, and still find a way to win. And the Tigers to be in a position two weeks in a row. So against Parramatta the other day, they well, a fortnight ago, it was the same story. They had sixty percent of the ball as well, and they still couldn't score enough points or, or get in a position to win. So I think it does say a little bit about the Tigers as well. But the Tigers were coming off a bye. You know, Manly and and my brother, they cop a lot of crap. And I think some of the commentary this week is just purely from the people that don't like him for whatever reason. But um, for mine, it, it's actually uh, it was a good it was a good win. It was a good tough win. Tigers were coming off a bye. Tigers had no excuses. It was their first game at Campbelltown for the year. It was pouring down rain, which evens up at any game of footy. So. Before, before I get onto that chat with your brother, the Tigers have no right to be this bad as no, they are. No way. If you look in, if you look in the AFL, for example, there's two teams in the AFL at the moment: Hawthorne and the West Coast Eagles. They are awful, right? They are horrendous, but they also have incentive to be awful because they've got a draft. Draft, that's right. So they actually wouldn't mind being terrible and getting the number one pick. So, the, and we don't have a draft in the NRL, so there's no incentive to be awful from a West Tigers point of view. Well, I'm just looking quickly at the. Um, the team. So the Tigers team, as I said, their back line isn't great. But you look at their forward pack and there would be an argument that five of their six starting forwards would actually make a starting side nearly any other team in the in the comp. You know, John Bateman, yes. Yes. Papali'i, yes. Yep. Clemmer. Yep. Yep. Coruscant. Yep. Then, you know, there's an Tall. argument. Tall. Yeah, well, Tall, he's coming off the bench. Yep. Um, Stefano. You know, he's a he's a good first grader. He's yeah. not a world beater, but he is a good first grader. Now, Fanu Pohl, yep, he's a new up and coming young fellow, so I don't know what what he'll be like. But you know, you look at Joe Fangawi on the on the bench. I personally don't have a rap on him as a player. I don't think he's that good. But the bloke did play Origin, and as recent as last year, I think it was game one. Uh, I think it, it was two years ago. If if not two years ago, yeah, yeah that's right. So. There's yeah, there's some issues there. What did Anthony say about Tom? He's he's pretty good, hey. He's he's he was a twinge. Basically, everything that they've said in the in the media is is spot on. It's you know he felt a little twinge there. The scans have come back and, and cleared him of any serious damage. So it'll be uh, see how he is later in the week. And you know if he if he passes a fitness test, he plays. Any doubt, and they rest him for next week. They've got the Titans. It's it's probably not. The worst game to rest him no, this week. No, that, that's exactly right. But the thing with him, again, as I said, when I was talking to him this morning, it, it legitimately is, uh, we're just going to have to wait and see later in the week, see how he pulls up. So there was a, a twinge there. Obviously, he felt something. But again, and, and I'm making this up myself, Yes. but Tom Travojevic is probably at a point now where any little twinge, anything with his body, he's going to be a little bit gun-shy. So... If he felt something tighten up or, or even cramp up, I'm sure his first instinct was, you know, well, what's going on there? Just just from your perspective, yep. looking at Manly's commitment to Tom, obviously it's very large financially. Yep. Concerns there long term? Because we know oh. how good he Like, if he's healthy, this isn't an issue. No, I, I don't think so because you get more than just the, the marquee player. You get a great person, you get a leader, someone that everyone looks to. 
there's more to just the performance that you put on the field. And again, I think everyone will admit that he hasn't been 100%, has he? No. 75, would that be fair? Give or take. Maybe, Some maybe. Game, You know, the game against South and Melbourne, I reckon he was about 90. Melbourne, he was um, fantastic. Th- there was a couple of games where he might be 65, 70. Yep. But the thing that people need to sit back and have a look at is, is a 70% Tom Trevojevic better than 100% KO Weeks? <laughs> yes. Of course he is, every day of the week. Yeah. A 70% Tom Trevojevic is better than 90% of the comp. Yes. So, you know, they just need to manage him. And, and if he's right, he plays. If he's not, he needs a rest. How was your brother in terms of how Manly's going at the moment? He was good. He was really, really good. Yeah. Um, as I said, we, you know, we, we don't always chat about footy, but this morning was a good opportunity where we, we did have a bit of a chat about footy and, and how they were going and, you know, how he was feeling. And you can, you can hear in someone's voice whether they're up or down and, and quite clearly, you know, they're, they're doing well. And, um, yeah, he, he, he sounds good, full of confidence. And, and obviously if they keep playing the way they are, they're going to make the eight. It's a tough gig coaching. Oh, oh yeah. I <laughs> certainly, certainly wouldn't want it. Um, we'll move on to South and Penrith. Look, I, I think that was as good as South Sydney can possibly play. I do too. Yeah. That, that, they, were, they were spot on, weren't they? Yeah, absolutely. And even then, they need to score two tries in the last 10 minutes to win the game. Like, I, I still think Penrith are the best team by okay. a mile. I agree. Like, defensively, they are outstanding. And they've, lo- they've lost Isaac Tungo um, this, this week for that, a while yeah, with, with Peck. Peck. Yep. So he'll be out for a couple of months. Um, but they're... Defensively, they are outstanding. So, Tom, you're a Storm fan. Yeah. You've seen it year in, year out, especially as Cameron Smith got older. Did you find that when you were watching the Storm certain seasons, you knew they were just doing enough to make sure that they finished top four? Yeah. And then it's a new season, they go again? Absolutely. That, I think that's what Penrith are doing this year. Yeah, absolutely. They, they, they're not redlining. They're not trying to win a minor premiership again. They are just winning enough games or putting in enough performance each week so that they're going to be top four i think that's undoubtable uh, undoubtable that they're going to finish there and then um because this is it's they're undeniable Sorry, i just caught myself undoubtable that's, yeah <laughs> undeniable how about that as a word instead <laughs> their top four is undeniable because yeah. their worst is the fourth best team in the comp yeah that's right like, like that's the yeah. that's the that's the difference and you know a lot of teams if they play their best they're not a top four team yeah, and and Nathan Cleary was under an injury cloud last week as well, so he wasn't at his best. I just think that they're they're too good. You bring back James Fisher Harris, it brings so much go forward. Liam Martin on an edge is then another point of difference when he's back. Penrith are the team to beat. A lot of talk at the moment about people coming off contract at Penrith, in particular Jerome Luai, uh, Dylan Edwards. Yeah. If you could only pick one to go forward, who would you go? Oh, and is this uh we're not thinking about what they've got coming through? This is just purely oh, yeah, yeah. one Let, of the... Let's just say they've got no one coming through. Yep. So Nathan Cleary stays? Yeah, of course. Okay, well, I'll go with Luai. I'll keep him. Really? Yeah. Because he, he's a point of difference. He's, he's a bit of X factor. He's not always great. I personally don't think he's ever bad. But once every three or four games... He goes from a 7 out of 10 to a 9 out of 10. Or he has moments in games where he just tears it apart in five minutes, like he did the other night. You know, there was five, ten minutes where he just 
terrorise South Sydney. Um, so I would go him, but that's purely based on the fact that Cleary is there. If Cleary wasn't there, I'd be saying Edwards because Edwards is consistent. He's a, he's an 8 out of 10 every week. His worst game is a 7.8 out of 10. Yes. So that that's my reasoning. What about yourself? I'd go Edwards yeah. um, purely for the fact that you've got Cleary there, dominant half. I would actually almost go the other way yeah. with Penrith as far as Luai is concerned. I would actually try to find a big running 5-8 to go along with Cleary. Now, I know that they don't make them yeah. every day. They don't come off trees. But Edwards, he is he truly is now in the prime yeah, of his career. He he's is. playing the best he ever has. And he's he's taken off from the Clive Churchill game last year where he was outstanding. He is phenomenal. He is he really is. A, he a, is. He, you know what you're going to get every week out of him. And he's, he's going to be one of those blokes that unfortunately deserves it, but he may not ever play a rep game of footy in his life. No, uh, he probably won't. And and he deserves to. Yeah, um, but because the problem with him, and you know, if if Tedesco was to get injured, you could make a case that they should go him. But whether or not they'd they'd go with a Latrell or a Tom at, yeah, at fullback. Right. So the and they've shown that they then New South Wales selectors have Gutho for whatever reason, probably versatility. But they seem to have always gone for him over the last couple of years as that backup or eighteenth man or on the bench. So. But, but Edwards is—he is a gun, like you said. He is a gun. Okay, let's let's play the game then. Luai is on the open market. Which team would benefit from Luai the most? Not named Penrith. Oh, Tigers. Um, Tigers definitely would. Uh, I don't think I don't think Canterbury would because Burton and Luai—they're not similar. Yeah, they're similar. You're getting the same type of thing. Um, oh, look. You know what? All bar three or four teams, if Luai was available, they'd grab him. Fair enough. Dolphins would grab him. Raiders would grab him. Um, you think Parra's got two good halves? I don't think they'd worry about it. I'm sure, based on the Walker playing reserve grade and Manu into 5'8", the Roosters would look at it. Dragons would look at it. So, Melbourne would definitely look at it. Raiders are an obvious one now that Jack Whiten... Well, actually, sorry. No, Melbourne wouldn't look at it because, again, they've got Hughes and Munster. Yeah. So they wouldn't, I don't think. No. Um, I look at the Cowboys. Yep. They, Him, in, and, in a, him in, and Dearden, I think, would fit well. I think they'd be really good. Yeah. And, and alternatively, Dylan Edwards is going to have his suitors anywhere he goes as well. I look at a team like... And I know Chance is doing a good job, but like Dylan Edwards is an upgrade of Chance over he the Warriors. Is. But he's the same type of player. Same type of player. But he's a better he's a better yeah. version. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. We don't need to spend too much time on Sharks and Bulldogs. That was pretty straightforward from Cronulla. Although I do think Cronulla is improving as the year goes. Yeah, on. they are. They are. And and the big difference with dogs this year is they seem to seem to stay in games a little bit longer, even when it looks like they're about to get blown away. They fight and they scrap and they're not getting embarrassed, are they? It's so, Even though they're not good. Yeah, it's it's so crazy that you're talking about professional sport and two of the biggest keys to success that teams can have are literally not giving up and fitness of the team. Yeah. Like, we're talking about professional sport here. We're not talking about under-18s. Yeah, no, it's, it's very true. So, But it, it carries on, doesn't it? Yeah. Cowboys and Knights. Cowboys got a much-needed win. I'll tell you what, the Knights... <laughs> 
if if you're Adam O'Brien, could you ask for anything more? What the Knights have given you? No, definitely the, not. Because like, I don't think they're, I don't think they're that good. So they're certainly playing as best as they possibly can, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Ponga looked good. To me, there's no doubt he's Origin fullback. Yeah, definitely. After the other night, I thought, yeah, he, he showed plenty. There's, it's a lay-down Mazaire, and I, I don't even want to hear of any talk uh, outside of Ponga being number one for Queensland. Were you surprised at how um, easily he just slid straight back into the groove of things? And yeah, his first one or two touches and first one or two tackles might have been a little bit tentative, but then he was away. He looked sharp. He was outstanding. He's, To me, he's... he's you can make an argument he's the most talented player in the game. Yeah. And I, I would really love to see him have some, first of all, stay in the park for a long time, but uh, have some long-term success under Adam O'Brien. Even in that small window of 50 minutes or whatever he played, it, it you saw something there of him at 5'8". He, he was forced to touch the footy more, wasn't he? I think he is better at 5'8". Yeah. And I know that the argument was there, do you move him back to fullback for health? less tackles in the front line. I totally get that. And if you want to go that way, I won't argue with you. But I think he will be better at 5'8". But you just said it. It's professional sports. Hey, if your health doesn't hold up or a knee doesn't hold up, you're, you, gone. you're gone. Cowboys play Cronulla this week. Is that it? At Shark, Shark yeah. Park. I, I can't see Cowboys beating Cronulla. I can't. I can't see him getting within 12. Second halves, like the Titans had, get you sacked. There's no doubt about that. That was one of the worst halves I've ever seen in my life. Credit to the Dolphins for, once again, not giving up. No, that's right. They don't give up. They fight till the death. Weird, wasn't it? 26-0. 26-0. It's, it's tied for the most, for the biggest blown lead yeah, was... in the history of the game. You could just see in the press conference, Justin Holbrook had no answers for what just happened there. What do you say? Like, 26-0... And lose by two? Yep. 28-26. Yep, so lo- lose by two and knowing that uh, Dolphins bombed two tries. You know, oh, Robert Jennings. absolutely. That was the biggest bomb try ever. Yeah, he, he poor bugger. He must, have, <laughs> he must have thought someone had touched him or I don't know. He, that was just so strange. And then the spray Nicarima gave him was unreal. <laughs> <laughs> but the, I don't like putting the, the mock on coaches. Um, because I know how hard the job is. But for a coach who entered the season under pressure, that's not a good look. What, what, what could, he could not have done anything. Like, that's the mental attitude of, of the players and, and them just switching off and thinking the job's done. And, you know, they obviously were trying to defend the lead and then errors started to come into play. Instead of just continuing to play, how they'd got themselves to a point of being 26-0, they, they just shut up shop and then you could see that things were compounding, errors were coming more and more, missed tackles were coming more and more. They bring in a guy like Kieran Foran, who, and I love Kieran. I think he's been a fantastic player over his career, but they bring in him as a senior head, bit of leadership, and he puts on one of the worst trick plays I've ever seen in my life. Well, that is, you spoke about the coach. For me, that's on Kieran Foran more than Holbrook oh, last week. Oh, no doubt. No like, doubt he's on the all. field. He can control that. In that second half, there's nothing Holbrook could have done. Absolutely nothing. No doubt. Second week in a row, though, they've blown second half leads. Uh, one was against the Broncos. I thought they... And again, in the Dolphins game, they look so good in the first half. They look like world beaters. And 
to deliver that in the second half, back-to-back weeks, what do you say to the group? Well, they're not exactly the youngest group or the, the most inexperienced group. There's a bit of an experience here you spoke about before. And, you know, there, there's a few blokes that have only played a, maybe a dozen games, if if not less. But the majority of them are, are 50, 60 NRL games into their career. So I, I, it's really hard to pinpoint it. They seem to have that. I don't know if it's give up because that's not the right word to use or the right saying to use. But when things start to get tough, it just it, it's imploded two weeks in a row. So, long term future of the Titans, would you look at AJ Brimson at fullback or Jaden Campbell? AJ Brimson, really? Yeah. If you take away the last six weeks of of Walsh, AJ Brimson should be the bloke that's talked about as the number fourteen or next cab off the rank for um, the Origin side again. I think he's elite. Roosters and St. George. We'll, no, we'll move on to another coach that can't catch a break at the moment. I'll tell you what, he loves losing a, co- a close game at the moment, oh, doesn't he? That was a good game of footy. Great game. It was the, the defensive attitude from both teams was unreal. They smashed each other for 80 minutes. I thought the Dragons were going to win that. Me too. Um, I thought the Roosters looked better than they had been. The Dragons certainly looked better than they had been. But in saying that, one of the worst sin bins I've ever seen in my life when Victor Radley got put in the bin for a head clash. And there's been some bad ones. That, for me, was the reason why Dragon stayed in it longer than what they may have otherwise. Because the, the Roosters had to fight tooth and nail just to hang on for that 10 minutes, which took gas out of them. It allowed Dragons to have a little bit more possession, a little bit more field position. And then, obviously, you know, late in the game, Dragon stayed so close and then... They couldn't quite get the job the job done. I've got no doubt in the world if Angus Crichton is making that tackle and the exact same thing happens, there's no sin bin there. I just don't get how it goes. The bunker has a look at it. It was a clear head clash. It was. like, And it's not like oh, they must have had a, a sneaky angle that we don't see because I know that happens. Yes. But his shoulder was nowhere near him. It was just forward on forward. It's tough going about your business in the NRL when your nickname's the inflictor, though. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, Jared Wahira Hargraves was was great in that game too. He was, he was. Good. Did you notice Jack Bird yesterday? Outstanding. He was, wasn't he? He took on the whole Roosters forward pack, but especially JWH. He really stuck, got stuck into him. I love Jack Bird. He's a phenomenal player, and the yeah, I like him too. He he's just he he's one of those natural players where it doesn't matter what position he's in, he's probably going to do the same thing. Yeah. Um, but the Dragons, they need a win. <laughs> like, they desperately need a win. And, you know, it seems like it, it's actually gotten to a stage now where I, I don't think it matters anymore. Like, uh, I think we're... The, the, the writing's on the wall, I think. But if they're going to get a win, it, this weekend will determine what happened. They played the Dogs. The Dogs are, are down on troops. If the Dragons play like they did against South, uh, sorry, against the Roosters, they should beat the Dogs. No doubt. No doubt. And the game last night, Storm and Warriors, this was a great game. And we'll talk about him a little bit more in detail a little bit later. But the game changed when Nelson came on. Yeah, the impact he had off the bench was huge. I heard Bellamy speak in the press conference about it. You know, sort of second-guessed his thought process at one point when Warriors were all over him. And all of a sudden, there was 70% possession. But then that reinforced what he was thinking. He didn't want to have Nelson out there 
you know, doing all that defence, zapping him, and then not being able to have that impact. And that's, again, something that I'll talk about when we go into our, our topic a little bit later. Do you think it's a strategy that the Storm should keep, having Nelson come off the bench? Depends who they play. Um, if Nelson's got a couple of games back under his belt, I think start him. Storm are in a pretty good spot now, as, as far as... Uh, where where their season's gone so far. They've had to deal with a lot of injuries early on in the year. Starting to get guys back. The only real two people that would come into this team now unquestionably are Tui and Pappy. Um, when Pappy comes back, that's an interesting one. Where does Nick Meany go? I would have said originally straight out on the wing instead of Warbrick. But Warbrick's getting better with each game. So... He's a great carry. He, yeah, that, and that's the thing. It's do you replace Meany's? You know, so if you had Meany on the wing, you get a little bit more footy smarts. I think Meany's a better finisher. Meany can then float around and actually provide some impact, but Meany cannot do what Warbrick does off their own line. I think Meany goes to fourteen and plays the Nico role of a few yeah. years ago, and whenever there's an injury. And outside backs, he's the yeah. first one in. But the problem with replacing Warbrick, and if he was to replace a winger, it would be Warbrick, is the fact that Coates isn't a good carry out of the backfield either. No, Coates has still got a, almost a kid body, hasn't yes. he? He's not, you know, hasn't physically developed yet. So then you would be stuck with Meany, Pappy, and Coates. None are a good carry coming out of the backfield. So you're automatically at a disadvantage there. I think Warbrick's actually a must. The um, what, what he might do is for a month... Pappy might be the 14 to ease him back in. That could be and right. And then they could swap. That could be right. Um, I, I, I think it's really exciting for when Pappy does get back, though, because even though I, I totally acknowledge Nick Meaney's done a great job, Ryan Pappenhausen's a different level. Yeah, he is. He, he's got blistering X-factor speed. I was just having a look at the ladder. He said Storm are in a good spot, which they are. Broncos are on top of the table. Manly is sitting second on 11. Yep. Then third to ninth are all on 10 points. Yeah. Then just below that is eight, eight, seven, and six. So, you know, we're, we're eulogizing the Cowboys and Dragons and, and Bulldogs. I think we can all see that the Bulldogs and Dragons just, and probably the Cowboys as well, they don't look like showing enough to, to go on a run to, to win enough games. I'm still going to give Parra the benefit of the doubt that if they're, ten, if they're five and five after 10, they make the final still which I think is still possible. Yep, it is. So they're, they're three wins, five losses. So they win their next two, and, and they're where we spoke about a couple of weeks ago they could be. Raiders, not a chance. What's going to happen there? They could finish last. Yeah, well, no. well, well Tigers. Tigers. But second last. Yeah. Like, the, the the floor could very much fall out of the Raiders' season here. What are our odds on um, Ricky throwing a turn and White and playing reserve grade and then wanting to get out immediately? I, I wouldn't rule it out. No, I'm, I'm being serious. I think it's... And you know what? It's probably a dollar eighty. If you're Ricky, why not? Because you're coming fifteenth. Let's say let's say they let's say they finish in the like they're going in the bottom four. Uh, writing's on the wall. They're not going to make finals with ten weeks to go. Why not? Because he's he's not part of your plans going forward. You know they're not going to sack Ricky because he's just ingrained in the joint down if, there. If they can't make the eight and they're not going to finish last, yeah. I think they. Well, I think he does it, but we've all seen enough of Ricky to know that he can throw a turn. You know, emotion first, thoughts later. 
who knows? He he could throw a turn at some stage, and and Whiten's moved on, and someone gets his services for twelve games. Oh, I've got no doubt in the world that's a possibility. Um, but this is why I I do write the Cowboys off, and I do write the Dogs off for very different reasons. The Dogs Dogs just have got injuries. too many injuries. But the Cowboys, I do write them off because you can't afford to be dropping some of the games that they have. They've dropped some teams to a, a lot of teams that will not make finals. And, and the Knights should have beaten them. Knights should have beaten them. They've they've dropped games to the Dolphins. The Dolphins won't make the eight. No. They're not no going to make the eight. They, they've done a great job. They're so much better than I thought they'd be. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I did think they were going to come last. I did too. Yeah. So the fact that they've been able to, you know, be five and three after eight games, I won't go as far as Buzz says that this is the greatest achievement in Wayne Bennett's career, getting them five and three. No, let's but, see where they're at at the end. <laughs> but I think it's a great achievement regardless. But there's so many sides with the draw they've got coming up, and we, we've constantly spoke about that round 10 mark of, okay, that'll give us a true indication of where they're at. Dolphins could easily... So Dolphins have appeared to be world beaters this season. Para have appeared to be no good at all. They both could be five and five in a couple of weeks. Same with the Cowboys. The Cowboys could still be five from f- five and five. And the Dogs still could be five and five. And Parramatta has had the toughest draw in the league by a country mile. Yeah. And Parramatta's conceded less points than the Dolphins have. Yeah. Well, I, again, I don't think we ever, you know, the, the bias of me loving Para always comes into play. But I don't think that's ever really the talent that Para's got, even with a couple of injuries. We've always still thought that they'll they'll find a way to win enough games to. To scrape into the eight. Do you think the Warriors can hang on and still make the eight? Yes, I do. Okay. Yes, I do. Because uh, they will not be very injury affected. Oh, sorry. Origin affected. Origin affected. They're injury affected all of a sudden, though. Yes, they are. But I will say they get a couple of teams during the origin period. I had a look at this the other day. That is just so advantageous for them. It's not funny. So the Broncos are coming first at the moment. They're beating everyone. They get the Broncos in the biggest origin week of the year. Yeah. So, just quickly, Warriors have Roosters next week. We're probably going to tip the Roosters there, just based on the injuries. I know they're going well, but... If the injuries weren't a thing, I think it would be a genuine 50-50 game. The following week, it's Warriors v Penrith. Again, again, we'd expect Penrith to win. Yeah. Then we've hit round 10, and Penrith... Sorry, and Warriors, who have been perceived as being high-flying... World beaters are five and five. Yeah. So I know we spoke about it last week or the week before, but it's a misleading it's a misleading table at the moment. I, I get that, but I have a lot more faith in the Warriors than I do the Titans. Of course, but the Titans aren't even in my conversation about making the eight. So it's it goes back to that thing. So can they make the eight? Yes, they can. Yeah, they can. Uh, uh, will they make the eight? Yes. So the there's a there's probably. I, w- I would say there's five, six teams now I, I'm, I'm ruling out of making the eight. Well, and I'm saying that there's six teams now that will make the eight. So the top six, I think, make the eight. Yeah. I agree. I agree. But I, I still think, and I'm, I'm not even a hater, because I don't really care about yeah. the Broncos. I don't care. But I think there is a chance over the next six weeks the Broncos... Broncos will not lose. be top four. No, they will not be top four. I'm I'm prepared to say yeah. that. But, but they make they make the eight. So let's say over the next six weeks they go, you know, one and five. I think it's a possibility. Yeah, well, rabbits. I think the rabbits win this week. 
Yeah, they've have got a tough run, but that was all based on then we did think Para would get them. That's true, but I, I would say out of, that, out of all the teams that they're about to verse, Para Matters going the worst. Yeah, that, that's definite, definitely. So if they were to go one and six or two and five, all of a sudden Broncos are around that eighth spot. And now I, I know a lot of things have to happen for us to get there, but I'm just saying I don't I I don't think the Broncos are top four. So therefore, it puts you into that next group of teams, and plus, it's so it's so congested, isn't it? Like it's 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 pretty crazy. But again, Steve, there's 20 weeks to go. There's a bit of time yeah. left. But the but the, the thing is, sorry to interrupt, mate. But teams like well, Broncos and Manly, they're one and two. The the thing that they've both done is they've put themselves in a position where there might be ten or uh, twenty rounds to go, but they only need to win at fifty percent now going home. I get that. I so, get that. But again, winning's contagious. Losing's contagious. You lose three in a row. They're about well, look at the teams below. They're about to play that next six teams. The teams that are coming second to seventh. Yeah. Over the next That's six true. weeks. That is true. So and. and so I think they lose to South this week. Yeah, I do too. The next week after that is, well, I know got, you might not say it, but it's it could be the biggest hype game of the year. I've got a sneaking suspicion that Manly will be up for it. I've got no doubt in the world Manly will be up for it. So, And the good thing about it as well, I think the Broncos will be up for it as that's well. That's exactly right. And I that will be the most hyped game of Magic Round because that Magic Round, it is, yeah. your brother gets a home dressing room. <laughs> so, yeah. so he'll be in familiar territory. But that is going to be a cracker of a game. Yeah, will be. I think it'll be a good game too. I just hope, I hope both teams are um, healthy. Healthy, yeah. So, do you think the Warriors can make the eight? I think they can make the eight. <laughs> I don't think they will make the eight. Let's run through the games this week. Sharks and Cowboys. Sharks. Sharks by a lot. Parramatta and Newcastle. I Para in a really close one. I'm gonna tip Newcastle. Yeah. I think Newcastle can win this. I, I just it's at it's at Combank. Yeah, it is. Uh, yeah. they are a different team at Combank, I know that. Um but I just think the Knights are they're they're playing tough. They are. Just travel to Townsville. They've got to come back. Back to back road games. I, I hear you. I, I think it'd be close though. Yeah. Uh, Broncos and South. I'm going to go South. Yeah, I think South win. Raiders, Dolphins. I think Dolphins win this. The news this week can't be good. Ricky hasn't taken it well. Yeah. He launched a statement today saying that. What he's... about he's gone? They've gone straight to the um, <laughs> in the basically there needs to be an investigation. You, you know what's going to happen out of that? Nothing. Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> All the Raiders are going to get done for something. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. I don't know. That's a tough one. That's almost the toughest to pick that one. Manly and the Titans. Manly. Panthers, Tigers. Oh, jeez. It doesn't get any easier for our West Tigers, does it? They're going to win one. They have to It won't to be win this one. week. No, it I know. I know. <laughs> but they have to. And it'll be a week when you don't expect them to go close. Like last week, the rain comes in, you know, a weight of possession. That, that was... I loved Jake's comment over the weekend. When he felt like retiring. <laughs> What about Appy? What's what's Appy thinking at the moment? He's lost as many games for West well, Tigers. No, you text me that. That's crazy. As stat, he has isn't for it? Penrith, and he played three years at Penrith. It's not about to get any better. No, it's not. So uh, Warriors and Roosters. I'm going to go the Roosters. But yeah, I'm going to go. And, the Roosters. and I'll tell you what. If Roosters lose this game, they need to go look in the mirror 
Because they need to start waking up themselves because they're not playing well. Well, they're probably not as good as what we thought they were going to be. Probably. Another week, though, of Satili Tupanua and Angus Crichton. Oh, yeah, them. definitely. That makes a difference. I think another week. The the benefits of having Joey Manu at six were pretty clear, weren't they, on the weekend? Absolutely. Absolutely. And St. George and the Dogs. I'll go St. George. Yeah, St. George have to win. All right, let's move on to this. We're going to do okay. a top five of every position over the next few weeks. So we're going to start with front rowers. All right, do you want to go five to one or one to five? Let's go five to one. Five to one. All right, number five, who you got? Number five for me is Junior Paulo. Junior Paulo. Okay. I got Christian Welch. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've got Welsh as my I just can't fit him in. He was like the those two blokes that I had as six and seven. Yeah. Welsh was one of them. I just couldn't take someone out for Welsh. It, and I'll, I'll I'll be fair, it's probably a bit of a homer pick for me oh, for me to put uh, Welsh in. You'll see there's a trend with me as well. <laughs> I also had Tarpany. Not in your top five. Not in my top five. If it was Tarpany last year, September last year, Tarpany's number one or two. Yes. So Tarpany is not in the top five best props for me this year. Number four. JWH. Still. Easy. Easily. Come he on. could have been higher. He has been unbelievable the last two weeks. Still. Yes. Jeez. Couldn't find him for space for JWH or Junior Paul in my top five. At number four, I've got Joe Tarpany. You're right. His form this year has not been as good as last year, but I would say last year is number one. Well, yeah. I would find it hard to remove my number one, even last year, which we'll get to, but yeah, I, I agree. He was one of the best couple of props in the comp last year. Number three? Number three, Campbell Gillard. Right. See, this is funny. We, we've so, gone totally different. We're probably looking at different things as well. Absolutely. So I'm going from uh, Campbell Gillard comes into mind because of pure consistency. He's a 8 out of 10 every week. He runs 200 metres. He makes 25 tackles. He doesn't miss any. Para are going to miss him big time. Absolutely. I love Regan Campbell-Gillard. He was my number six. I, yeah. I, I was the um, I was the Regan Campbell-Gillard defender for a lot of years there in my group of mates. Yeah. Uh, I think he's a phenomenal player. He and, is, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, I do think I, – I agree with you he's, he's the best prop at, at the Eels. I agree. Yeah. I agree there. And the fact he doesn't get picked for State of Origin is laughable, in my opinion. All right. Uh, so, number he, three for me. But he's the starting kangaroos prop. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Same with Ado Car. Yeah. He's in the Ado Car basket. Number three for me, James Fisher Harris. Yep. Number two for you, Payne Haas. Really? Yep. Okay. I've I've gone at number two. Someone who's probably not in your top five. Then and that's Nelson Asafa. No, he's definitely not in my top five. He would, he's not in my top <laughs> eight or nine. I'm not saying he's not a great prop, but we can discuss at the end maybe. Why we had people okay. in it. We'll come out. back to it. Yeah. We'll come back to it. So, uh, number one for me, Payne Ars. Okay, number one for me is Fisher Harris. Yeah, Fish, Fish Harris is a beast. And, you know, with the top, you know, with the top three for me, I, I can make I can make an argument for all three of them. And, put, and I, I acknowledge it's probably a bit of a homer pick for me to put Nelson at two. But, and it's probably a bit of recency bias as well. I'll oh, totally agree. Because he played so that. well last night. Yeah, but the fact that. Melbourne's lost a lot of front rowers yep. and a lot of forwards in general. 
and for him to take six weeks off as a big guy and it, come back last he night, was, he was unbelievable, and be the best player on the field, in my opinion. I know Nick Meany won yeah. the Anzac Medal, but to me, he was the best player on the field. Uh, to me, I I just and I I love Fisher Harris, love Fisher Harris. I I think Nelson is more impactful. That's where we agree. He's more impactful than probably anyone on that list. But when I when I was looking at my list, I wasn't looking at who's the most impactful. I was looking at who's the best prop. And you said something to me about when we're picking these teams, when we're picking these teams, we're picking these players. It's about who would you trust to play for your life, or who yeah. would you trust with your last? You're picking a team ten, to play for your life. Yeah, well, a hundred percent not going to be Nelson. No way on earth. I I just think he could win you a game, or he could be quiet. The the guys that that I looked at with, say, Fisher-Harris, Payne-Hass, even even Campbell Gillard, he's not in that echelon. But they are... Fisher-Harris is a 9 out of 10 every week. He's a great player. Um, Hass is a 9 out of 10 every week. You do, you know what you're going to get out of him. And we, we might come along to some positions where, you know, I think you're crazy, yeah. you think I'm crazy. I, I, this is not one of them to me. Fisher-Harris is, is a beast. I'm not going to argue with but, you. But the other thing too is I think both of us, we had six, seven penciled down. Yeah. So our excluding Nelson, Nelson which I would have, and he'd be in my top 10, definitely my top 10 best props. Um, but our six of our seven were the same. They were just in different orders. And for me, Welsh was the one that, that was unlucky. I, he, he's good. He's oh, yeah. very good. He doesn't. He he will not bust a line and and go thirty like um, Nelson, but he'll do seven more hit ups a game. He'll go for as many meters, if not more. He gets that late offload going, and it's a it's a smart late offload as well. There's two things I want to touch on quickly, and one is with Nelson, and this just comes back to pure coaching. the The fact that they put him on an edge as often as they do, and be able to exploit. Um, smaller defenders yeah yeah, and that, that's so smart and I don't understand why it doesn't happen even with Payne Haas I don't even understand why it doesn't happen to the Broncos a lot more than it does because Payne Haas is, is explosive in his own right chuck him wider a few times like you don't have to do it for long yeah. periods of the game but I, I just think um, it's it was such great coaching and he made that tremendous break last night uh, and the other point I would touch on is with Payne Haas. I had your brother on the podcast last year and I asked him about Payne Haas and he said out of anyone he's ever coached, whether it be rugby union, rugby league, Payne Haas is the freakiest of the freaks. Like he is unbelievable. The the the, yeah. the figures he puts up in training, the 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 scores he puts up statistically. And consistently as well. It's not one off stuff. It's no. it's all the time. And going back to, you know, putting putting my coach hat on, which is at a completely different level to what the you know, the coaches that we spoke, speak about on the podcast are at. I would say the reason why it doesn't happen more often is because you, at times, are weakening a position to strengthen another. So it's a catch-22. So you, you're weakening the middle to, to strengthen, strengthen an edge. And footy's not just attack. So Nelson might be destroying, he might be able to destroy someone on an edge, but Nelson's not the most mobile. Straight line speed, yeah, but he's not the most mobile. So he could get isolated against a good team with um, smart halves, they'd work him over, and, and then all of a sudden it'd become a negative. Same with same with Payne Haas, although he is a little bit more mobile, but Nelson has a little bit of explosive speed as well, though, which is that straight line speed where 
th- that's why he works so well on an edge because he can just get one-on-one at his half and explode at him. And we're going to finish off every week. So so what position do you want to do next week? We'll, we'll just go on. Will we go back to fullback and start from there? Or? We, can, we can do fullback next week. We'll do top five fullbacks oh, in the game. Gutho. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, to finish with, every week we're going to do our power rankings for the week. So the top four teams that you would pick to play for your life yep. right now. So we'll go with number four. This was this was a tough one. Right now, based on how they're going, to play for your life. See that changes that changes things a little bit, <laughs> just a little bit. Because I don't trust three and four to play for my life, but I still think they're better than everyone. Okay, Storm. Storm at four. Yep. Okay. I've, I've got Cronulla at four. Yep. Number three? Cronulla. I got Souths. Yep. Number two? I wouldn't have them playing for my life. <laughs> um, it'll be, be, be a heart-stopping this 80 is, minutes. This is going to shock you at the moment. Brisbane. Broncos at two. Mm. I got the Storm at two. I think I just vomited a little bit. <laughs> Are you right? <laughs> yeah, Are not you? really. <laughs> I got the Storm at two. Yep. And Panthers at one. Yeah, Panthers at one. Seebs, good to see you. Thanks, mate.